five cats, two pussies. This is Ronnie, and I am recording solo today. Got a little bit of a garden update for you, a little bit of an update in general, but first and foremost, it is fucking hot in Somerville. So this is going to be a cute, short, sweet little episode because it is currently 91 degrees up here in the studio, and because... We care about the sound recording and the audio quality, at least a little bit. There's no fan, there's no AC, and I am already, four sentences in, dripping sweat. So, part of that and part of the update is to say that going forward, we are still going to record. I'm going to record, Engineer Dan's going to join us sometimes, Lindsay will be back soon, I'm sure. We've got a couple of guests that we're flirting with, and so we are going to continue to record, we're going to continue to put out episodes, but it's summer, there's a lot going on. Both Lindsay and I have been doing this almost uh, two full years now. And it's a lot when you also have full-time jobs and other life things that are going on. So for the summer, to allow us the freedom to do other things, enjoy our friends' company, go out in the evenings now that we're allowed to actually do that again here in Massachusetts, be in the garden, pursue some other creative interests, and just general life things like maybe laundry once in a while, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break in recording strictly must-have an episode every Wednesday morning. Now, how will you know when we've dropped a new episode? I promise I will be better about at least announcing that on our Instagram. But if you follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whoever you're listening to us, it'll automatically update you as you're, I'm sure, very familiar with. But you will be getting new episodes from time to time, just not maybe every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. So that being said, announcements made. I did want to have a little update, a little chit chat with you. And I'm going to pretend like you're my my verbal partner here. And maybe I'll pose some questions and you can always drop us a line at 5C2PPod on Gmail or Instagram. If you've got feedback, if you want to respond to these questions, I would love if this was a live thing where you could like call in and ask and we could respond, but it's not. It's a podcast. So, you know, you're going to have to pull out those thumbs and the phone and type it out. Now, last week... We talked a little bit about ladybugs. Engineer Dan and I, the panda himself, put it out there that I have, in fact, bought some ladybugs recently. And we're going to talk a little bit about ladybugs. So instead of doing an entire episode, because again, it's like 91 degrees in here, and I and and yeah, I'm just I'm already I'm already sweaty. I'm a sweaty mess, but. I wanted to follow up on that a little bit and give a little bit of backstory, a little bit of understanding of like, why am I so enthusiastic about ladybugs? What's up with them? How are they doing now that they've entered my yard? And some cool ladybug facts. I got some other cool shit that's going on. Just a little Ronnie life update for you. Not only eat, but lay their eggs on. Now, I admittedly have never seen a monarch butterfly on any of the milkweed in our yard. That being said, doesn't mean it couldn't happen. In some places, like where my mom lives in Nova Scotia, it's endangered. If it grows, you're actually not allowed to pick it or, or dig it out. Ours just grows naturally freely in the yard. This year, it became infested with aphids. Not just like, here's a couple aphids, but the entire plant is orange with some sort of Spanish hybrid aphid. And it was not only disgusting, but it was destroying the plants and they weren't going to produce their flowers. And if there's no flowers, there's no seed pod. And if there's no seed pod, there's no milkweed next year, etc. So 
I was kind of disturbed by this and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm going to just like cut it down and call it a loss for now. And I chatted with my mom about it and she, she pushed me. She was like, don't you dare cut that down. You green witch, you get out there and you save that plant. So I gave it a soapy water bath. I went out there with a bucket of soapy water and dunked every single plant in the water and washed all the aphids off. Turns out household soap, just like your normal dish soap and a little bit of water coats the outside of aphids and suffocates them. Now, normally suffocating a creature would really bother me, but aphids, I don't fucking care. So I gave them a little bit of a soap bath, smothered most of them, but they were still there. And then the real kick in the teeth, aphids had infested my mugwort. So I cut some mugwort to hang and dry. And then I looked up and they weren't the orange ones. They were the green ones. I have three different fucking colors of aphids in my yard, green, black, and orange. So I couldn't have that. I was really bummed. I I may have cried a little, but it really pissed me off. And so I decided to look into how to get rid of aphids. Dude, I need to get like a backpack sprayer. I did not want to use pesticides. There's too many bunnies in the yard. There's, I don't know. I just don't, I, I don't like chemicals in my gardening. I am an organic gardening enthusiast. And I was kind of inspired by Biggest Little Farm and the little apricot lane farm. And I remembered they got infested with snails, so they bought ducks. And then I thought, what eats aphids? Turns out ladybugs eat aphids. And here we are with a ladybug story. So turns out you can order bags of ladybugs online. I went ahead. They had a bag of 100, 300, like 2,000. You could get a, get a lot of ladybugs if you want. I ordered a bag of 300 live ladybugs. Showed up a couple days later. They were very much alive. It was kind of horrifying, but also amazing. And then I sprinkled my little Scarlet Witch army all over my mugwort and all over my milkweed and they just started going to town. Turns out a ladybug can eat 150 aphids a day and I definitely have that many aphids. So yeah, they they went to town, they got all nice and fat. They started making babies. It turns out ladybug larvae do not look anything like a ladybug but it's been really cool to watch the progression of like ladybug to ladybug like larva to like larva back into a ladybug. It's really neat. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've been doing a really great job. They saved most of my milkweed. There are far less, far less aphids in my mugwort now enough now that like I could just give it a, you know, a wash and a shake and I wouldn't be worried about it. But I definitely don't think that would have happened if I didn't have a nice little ladybug army. Now it turns out ladybugs eat aphids, but birds eat ladybugs. So I have noticed that by inviting this many ladybugs into the mugwort, it has recently become a bit of a feasting ground for all the birds in the yard as well. So I don't know how to like combat that. I guess I could put a fence, some like chicken wire around the mugwort, but honestly, I don't like at this point, I don't care that much. It's more of like an ecosystem where everything kind of eats everything else. More birds in the air attract more hawks. It's all kind of cool. So I've been really enjoying, you know, kind of watching my little ladybug forest and army progress. They did a fantastic job. Unfortunately, a lot of them fell victim to the birds. But what can you do? I also decided in recording this today to look up 
some fun ladybug folklore because I was kind of curious, you know, bees had a bunch of stuff and I was like, well, what do ladybugs have? And it turns out that ladybugs are considered to be a symbol of good luck by a lot of different cultures. And I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, they eat aphids and aphids destroy crops. So a lot of farmers thought that if you saw a lot of ladybugs in your crops, that you would have basically a bumper year, which I mean, that makes sense. Less pests, more ladybugs, better crops. That all makes sense to me. But there's also a lot of folklore around like the ladybug being lucky in and of itself and things like killing a ladybug, bringing sorrow and misfortune to the person who squishes it. If a ladybug is held in your hand while making a wish, the wish is more likely to come true. If a ladybug lands on you and then flies off in a different direction without you like shooing it away, just like let it fly off on its own, then that's the direction that your good luck will come from. Some people believe that the amount of spots on a ladybug will indicate how many months of good fortune you'll have. Now, it turns out there's different types of ladybugs and some of them have seven spots and some of them have four spots. Some of them only have two. So you can see a variety of different spots. It does not indicate the age of the ladybug. It's just a different breed or species or variants of a ladybug. What determines their age and appearance is how bright they are. Apparently, ladybugs fade over time. And I thought that was kind of cute. Also a little sad, but it was like they're getting gray hair. One of the other things that I saw that I thought was pretty cool is um, how many spots on a ladybug can also determine if it lands on a woman, how many children she will have. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks. I don't really want any, so ladybugs can just, you know, carry on their way. But yeah, there's just a lot of like fun little things around good luck, good fortune, and ladybugs. And I thought that it was lovely. Now, on top of all of this, in, in my ladybugs and my mugwort and my milk thistle, I'm also having a bit of a bumper crop of mulberries, which is fantastic. And I wanted to mention that I picked about three quarts last weekend, which is way more mulberries than I ever pick. But I wanted to mention this because it turns out mulberry is one of the uh, plants, much like uh, birch, that can actually develop the witch's broom um, parasite or fungus or whatever, fungus, I think that it was called. So I'm now going to, when the berries are all picked and all done for the season, go out and see if I see any witch's broom on my mulberries. And last little garden update, I think for today, maybe carrying on into updates for future episodes is I have been making, starting to make some blackberry leaf tea. Now this is a first for me. We have a thousand blackberry canes in our yard, all wild blackberry brambles. And we always pick the fruit to make jam. Last year, I even used some of it to dye a tablecloth for my mother for Christmas. But this year, I decided I wanted to make tea because a lot of our canes from last year were damaged over the winter. And so they're not going to produce fruit. Canes that produce fruit are usually two or three years old. So all of these new canes are beautiful and healthy, but all they're going to make are leaves. So I thought about how to use those leaves. Turns out you can do a couple of different cool things with blackberry leaves, but one of the things that you can do is make tea. So here's what I've been doing, and I can't wait to update you all in the future on how this process finishes and what it ends up tasting like. But I thought originally 
blackberry tea, just take some leaves, dry them, brew them in tea, like steep them in boiling water, tea, right? Turns out that the way that tea is actually made is that the tea leaves are fermented first. So I found a cool recipe on a homesteading website where the blackberry leaves, you pick them while they're, they're mature, they're young, but they're mature. So it's not shoots. It's a, it's a full broad leaf. Now these had thorns, so you have to be kind of careful, but I gave them a wash and then I let them sort of air dry and then I bruised them. So you take them and I just sort of rolled them up in a dish towel and I smacked them a bunch with my rolling pin and you bruise the leaves. So you don't want to like destroy everything, but you want to like smoosh them up a little bit. Now what that does is it releases the juices within the leaves and it actually smells like roses. Turns out blackberries and roses are kind of related and I thought that was pretty cool. It smelled really nice. And I took all of those bruised leaves and I put them in paper bags. So I've got two big paper bags. You want enough room where you can kind of like fluff them around a little bit. You don't want them to be like stuffed in there. You want some air circulation. But I've rolled them up. I've put them in a warm room, which is every room in the house right now. Because again, fucking dripping sweat because it's like 91 degrees in here. And every couple of days, I'm just going to give them a shake. And just sort of fluff them up and, and turn them around a little bit in their paper bags. And... After about three, four days, these should have turned brown and started to ferment a little bit. And then you take those fermented leaves, dry them out, grind them up, and it's supposed to make tea. And it's supposed to make a more flavorful tea. So I don't know about the health benefits and the differences. I'll have to do a little reading there for our next conversation about blackberry leaf tea. But you're supposed to get a stronger blackberry flavor by fermenting the leaves first. So I hope you all wish me luck. I'm really excited about how this turns out. I have so many blackberry leaves. Uh, so if this does turn out well and taste great, I'm going to make a whole bunch and hopefully give it, give it all away for Christmas or something like that. But would love to hear what you have been up to. Have you, have you been exploring like different herbal remedies? Have you been doing any foraging, picking strawberries? How are your patio plants doing? Did you rescue a tomato plant from the garden center because it looked sad and wilty like a Charlie Brown tree? Like what's going on? What's going on in your gardening, crafting, creative worlds? I would love to know. So again, you can drop me a line, 5C2P pod on Instagram or Gmail. Would love to hear what's up with your gardening, foraging, witchcraft adventures. I will continue to share mine. We will continue to record from time to time over the summer, but taking a little bit of a summer break from a rigorous hard set schedule. Always excited when we see that we have regular listeners and new listeners and we don't want to disappoint you. We don't want to lose you, but... We also need to just take a little bit of a break and just, just spend some time relaxing this summer. So we can do both. We got that power. I think that's it for today. I really look forward to chatting again with you all very soon. Having, hopefully, special guest in the studio soon. Maybe talk a little bit about taxidermy and bone witchcraft. We'll see. Just floating those ideas out there. You know who you are. I know you're listening. But we'll see you again real soon. Hang in there. Beat that heat. But remember, no pervs, no Nazis. <laughs>